0: Well good morning Tri-Cities Church. How are you feeling this morning? Y'all don't sound like you feel too good so I'm just I'm gonna move on. If this is your first time with us uh, then I just want to thank you for worshiping with us. I understand there are plenty of awesome places to worship in the Tri-Cities area but we are thankful that you chose us and so if it is your first, second, third time you've been and never filled out a connection card in front of you your seat is something called a connection card and if you just take that do a personal favor for me you can fill that out and then drop it off in the next steps area in the back you'll receive a free gift for joining us this morning just for us to say that we appreciate you and for your time with us this morning if this is your first time you're here at a great time because we are starting a new series today called stories it's just four weeks uh and so let me just kind of give you the backdrop This series is just walking through some of the parables of Jesus. I love that Jesus uh, taught, as a matter of fact, in the Gospel of Mark. Mark says that Jesus never taught without telling a story. And so he uses these things called parables to teach us about God about faith, about life, and about all sorts of things that will answer questions that we have. And so I always encourage if you're if a new believer or if you're looking for somewhere uh, to begin studying, start reading. Don't go over to the letters of Paul or anything like that. Don't start there. You may even want to avoid the Old Testament. There's some really crazy stuff going on there too until you, know, you, you get somebody to help you to understand that. But the parables are a great place to start reading because here's what I like to do, and, I, and I've taught this in years past parables are really parallels. It teaches us about life, it teaches us about God, and there's always something in what Jesus says that's a parallel to your life, to my life, to to God's kingdom being formed. And if you really want to understand when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, read the parables. In those parables, you will understand how the kingdom of God works. And so this series is going to go four four weeks, I said four years, four... Not that long. I don't got that much material (laughs) Four weeks. uh, We're just going to look not at all the parables, but just some. uh, We're going to mix it up. Jamie's going to come one week. Paul's going to come one week. Then I'm going to come back and close it up so we can just look at some of the different uh, parables. Now, let me just say this uh, before we jump in. Uh, Forget everything you thought you knew about Jesus, about the kingdom, about God, about faith, because that's what parables are designed to do. They're designed to turn your world upside down. I tell people, when you read a parable, you have to assume left is right, right is left, up is down, down is up. Everything that you thought you knew about God, Jesus will challenge in the parables to help you to understand yourself and to understand God better. So I'm just going to say this up front. Everything that you thought you knew when we start reading these parables, you thought, oh, I know that story. Forget everything you thought you knew because Jesus uses these to sort of break the rules. So I want to start with uh, a sort of a word game because I want to kind of warm you up. Uh, and so he- here's the rules of the game. I'm going to give you a couple of words on the screen. So I'm going to give you these words, and what I want you to do is shout out what a group of these people are called. You got it? So it's going to be a word on the screen, and whatever you call a group of those, then yell it out. You ready? Here's the first word, sing. Some of y'all look really confused. Singers. A group of people who sing, we would call them what? Singers. Thank you. Man, y'all gotta be a better class this morning. All right, maybe this will be easier. Run. There we go. How about a group of people who bake or what? Bakers. Okay, now you're getting it. A group of people who teach. Teachers. All right. Here's the last one. I'm going to see if I'm here's the last one. A group of people who pray. Doesn't quite apply, does it? It's sort of like, Okay, can I be honest with you? Like I, I passed class and I, you know, I did all that and I went to school and I matriculated and got a lot of degrees and all that. But I'm still uncertain about that one. Right. A group of people who pray, is it prayers? But I thought prayers are what we do. And, and all it's almost like, let, let's be honest. It's almost like when it comes to prayer, let's just, you know, this is authentic. Authenticity is one of our things. Right. Isn't it sometimes for those of us who are Christian, don't we have trouble understanding the would be rules of prayer? Like, what do I say? How long am I supposed to pray? Do I, am I supposed to pray this scripture? Am I supposed to kneel? Am I supposed to stand? And just like I have trouble with the rules of converting a group of prayers to prayers, I don't even know what the word is for that. Some of us, let's be honest, when it comes to the rules of praying, we sort of struggle with that. Like, how, do I, how am I supposed to do this? Don't feel bad because you're in good company because you remember when Jesus' homeboys, his disciples, it said that they saw him praying and come on now, they were good Jewish boys. They were raised to know how to pray, except one day they saw Jesus praying. And when he got done, they said, teach us how to do that. It's because what I thought I knew about prayer, what I, what I thought I knew about how to communicate with God, they saw Jesus do something else. Well, they said, Teach us how to do that. And that's when Jesus taught what we know now as the Lord's Prayer. He says, well, when you pray, pray in this manner or in this pattern or cover these areas when you pray. And it wasn't because they didn't know how to pray. So can I just tell you, it's not that you don't know how to pray, but maybe sometimes there's some rules to praying that we don't quite understand. And we're trying to figure it out. Like, how do I do this? What is God obligated to do? How many times should I pray? Should I pray every day? Come on now. We just kind of struggle with what are the rules for praying? And it's not that I don't know that I should. I just struggle sometimes with with how do I figure this out? That's what's so incredible about this parable that Jesus teaches. And uh, I'm going to tell you that most of your Bibles are going to label it something that I don't think is the real point of the story. And we're going to figure that out towards the end. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. If you have a Bible, maybe even your phone Uh, you'll notice that most of them will say the parable of the persistent widow. Uh, By the time we're in, remember I said parables, uh, uh, they will upset everything you think you know. Up is down, down is up, left is right, right is left. By the end of this, you're going to learn something that you probably didn't know about prayer. Here's what Jesus says. Here's what Luke says. He says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So up front, Luke tells us, here's the point of why Jesus taught this prayer. Now, you got to understand that Luke is going backwards and saying, I remember when Jesus taught us this story, and at the end, the story was about, here's what I learned about that story, that Jesus was trying to tell us that we should always pray and never give up. That's Luke's commentary on what Jesus taught them. He says, Jesus one day told this story saying, you should always pray and never give up. Then he says this, verse 2, There was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him reportedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, Okay, he's saying this to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. What kind of judge is that? (laughs) Then he says, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out. Anybody in here ever had somebody who just keeps asking you stuff and keeps asking? They're just wearing you out. Come on now, don't raise your hand because they might be sitting next to you. <laughs> you ever had anybody that just asked you something so many times until so you just finally say yes? You don't even believe in what it is that they want. I just want you out my face. He says, she's wearing me out. I, I don't even care about her issue, but I'm going to give her what she wants. Verse six, then the Lord said, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So here's the question. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, here's the best question. How many will he find on earth? Who have faith. Jesus tells this story, Luke says, so that we can learn to always pray. Two things, Luke says. Always pray, never give up. Always pray, never give up. So so what do you mean? I should always pray and never give up. Well, you've got to dive into the story. See, here's what's unique about this parable. Unlike many other parables, this parable is not a comparison. It's a contrast. See, most parables that Jesus teaches, they are comparisons. He'll say the kingdom of heaven is like. The, the kingdom of God is like. This is what God is like. This is what heaven is like. This is what my kingdom is like. This is what my church is like. Here's why I love this one, because... He says, I'm going to teach you something in contrast so that you can learn what God is like by me contrasting what God is not like. He says there's a widow. Uh, she, she has this, this issue and she continues to go to this judge. Now, you've got to understand, because for many of us, uh, one of the things that we got to understand when we're reading the Bible is we cannot anachronistically. That means to take 21st century ideas and principles and put it in a first century idea. So when you hear judge, immediately you think of long black robe, sitting in a courtroom judging people like Judge Judy talking about you're wrong and you're right. When he's talking about a judge, that's not necessarily the type of judge. You remember the book of Judges? The judges were people who God put in place who were supposed to watch this, be able to interpret the word of God and rightly apply it to every situation situation which is strange now you get it when the judge says to himself i don't care nothing about god or people how you get that job like the main qualifications you follow me of being a judge is you supposed to care about god's word and you're supposed to care about his people you ever known somebody who got a job you're like how you get that job I mean, I'm not trying to hate, but who gave you that position? Like, who do you know that allows you to become a judge and the only two things you're supposed to do you don't care anything about? And Jesus says, There's this widow. She has a, this issue. Uh, she's, she's going for what she calls justice, and the Greek is, is vindication. And, and it's almost as though this issue is so prominent in her life that she becomes desperate. She's desperate now that she's going to this judge. She's She's desperate and she says, grant me justice, grant me vindication, help me out with this situation. There's some pressure there that maybe she's going through, you know, in the first century where widows were typically those who, if they didn't have a male child, they can quickly enter into poverty. There's all sorts of situations. There's all sorts of pressure that she may be dealing with. There's, and so as you read it, can I flip your mind? You're assuming just like I'm assuming that she has no power. Can I just flip your mind for a second? Part of the issue is the reason why we don't understand what Jesus is trying to teach about prayer is watch this. We all do it. We're stereotyping her. We're saying that maybe it's because she's she's desperate because she doesn't have any power. Maybe she's. Desperate because, of who she, okay, can I just say this? Sometimes the reason why we don't understand who God is is because we're so busy stereotyping the very people who God's trying to communicate through us, to us through. Okay, some of y'all just missed that. Maybe I don't understand God, or maybe God has sent me the answer to my prayer, but because I can only see you one way, maybe because I can only see your color, I can only see your gender, I can only see your economic status, maybe God is trying to teach you. Have you ever noticed... That Jesus has a bad habit of teaching us to learn who God is by giving us stuff that we don't like? (laughs) Have you ever noticed? Come on now, read the parables. Go home when you read them. Almost every character that Jesus uses in a parable is someone you don't like. Okay, y'all looking at me real strange. You remember the Good Samaritan. You remember how he says in the Good Samaritan, he teaches the Jewish people that the person that you don't like is actually the hero. Okay, there's another parable. I don't know if we're going to get to it, but there's one called the unjust manager where his guy was scheming and trying to get money back from people so that he could find himself a place after he made all these crooked business deals. And Jesus had the audacity to say, learn something from him. And in this story, Jesus says something that I think we totally miss. Because for years... Because I stereotyped the widow, I thought, well, maybe my job is, because I also have no power, is to keep putting the pressure on God to do what I want. But can I just tell you how we stereotyped her? What widow do you know in in the first century that has the ability to appear before a judge every day? Which means that she's probably not as vulnerable as we've made her. She's got some agency, some... Can I just say this to you? Tell uh, me you on the sound of my voice because someone has told you that you're weak. Someone has told you that you're vulnerable. Somebody has told you that... Come on now, you have more power and more strength than they told you. And she appears before this judge not because she's weak, but she appears before this judge because I got an issue. As a matter of fact, if you read it in the original, some of this indicates that perhaps... She might not even be the victim. Oh, I just blew your mind. Remember I told you, up is down, down is up, left is right, right is left. If you read it, she continues to press the judge every single day. So much the judge says, this woman is wearing me out. You know what that phrase literally means in Greek? It is the equivalent to giving someone a black eye. So, so now we gotta now we gotta flip this thing around because what what I've been taught is be like the widow, be persistent, bug God, keep staying in God's face, and all that's true. But did you catch what Jesus says? He says Learn a lesson not from the widow. Some of y'all missed it. He says, learn a lesson. Verse six, I'm in the Bible. Learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Okay, so can I bow down your lane? Some of us, our spiritual maturity and our spiritual growth is going to be Dependent on our ability to learn from people that we don't like, and to learn from situations that are uncomfortable. You mean to tell me, Jesus, this guy who says to himself, "I don't care about God, and I don't care about people." And Jesus says, "Yeah, learn something from that guy. What? See, so you're quiet because you know what I ever told you that, right? Jesus says, here's what I want you to learn. First of all, here's the principle if you don't remember anything else. Because remember, Luke says, I'm teaching you about how to pray and not to give up. So, can I just give you the first principle? When the pressure's on, don't panic, pray. Can you imagine her going to some guy who doesn't care about her or people or her issue? And she continues to press on and on and on. Can I just tell you that some of us, the one time that God doesn't do what we want, we quit. says, learn something from this guy. See, see, she had an issue that it, it, it may have been, maybe somebody had some property. Um, if you really read it, she might not even be the victim in this. As a matter of fact, what you see in this parable, y'all with me? I'm just teaching now. This is Seminary 101. What you see in this parable, I don't know if you notice, is this progression of aggression. Give me what I want. Do what I'm saying. Give me what I want. God, give me what I'm asking for. God, give me what I'm praying for. God, give me everything that, come on now, you know, can we just be honest? This is, we're authentic. Don't sometimes we pray like that? Give me what I want. Give me what I'm asking for. I asked you yesterday. How come you I'm back again? And I'm not saying don't be persistent, but here's where the persistence comes from, that she understands that she's that we have to understand that she's she's not a victim. And neither are you. Okay, now I'm about to get real real. It's so quiet in here. How much of your prayer life have you been approaching God? As if you're the victim. But Paul says we approach the throne of grace with confidence. That, that God is, a, is my God. That, that God is my father. Why am I praying to God and acting like I'm a victim? He says learn something from this situation. Learn something from this lady because she probably wasn't even the victim. Yet she continued to go before God, and, and it's a contrast. So here's what I want to get to. I want to get to the meat of what's going on here, that he's providing a description of what God is not like. That in all my years of reading this, I thought the point was to be like the widow who prayed like a victim. But Jesus says, no, no, no. The point of the story is to learn from the unjust judge, and remember I told you that this parable is not a comparison, it's a contrast. What he's showing us is what God is not like. Here's where it gets tough. Number one, I wanna ask you this question because what I do when I pray depends on what I think about God. So, So let me just ask you this question. You don't have to answer it out loud. Let me just ask you this question. Wrestle with this when you go home. What do you think about when you think about God? So I'm gonna take you to the deep end this morning. Like, like for real though, when you think about God, what do you think about? Is God an angry old man with a long beard, sitting on a throne, waiting to zap you every time you get it wrong? Okay. Is God like my cosmic vending machine? That if I say the right prayers and pray the right formulas and hit the right button, then whatever I'm praying for drops out the socket. Come on, I think about it. When you think about God, what do you think about? Here's another question. What do you think God thinks about when God thinks about you? Got to tell you, because how you answer those questions will dictate how you approach God in prayer. Whatever you think God is, that tends to be how you approach God. And whatever you think God thinks about you, that tends to be maybe that's why some of us approach God like a helpless victim. Because we think God thinks of us as nothing, as anything more than his children. But Jesus says that once you become mine, you are now my children. So why do I keep acting like a victim? Here's what Jesus says. Learn a lesson from the judge. So you see, so you remember the judge says this out. He says this to himself. So I'm not making this up. I'm not putting this on the judge. I'm not stereotyping. He says this himself. I don't care about God or people. Which means he has sort of this distance between him and people. Like think about it. He, he gave the woman what he wanted but wasn't it just cold and distant and And unrelational. And I'm just doing this because I want you out of my face. I don't want to have anything to do with this woman. I'm tired of looking at her. I'm tired of her asking me for stuff. She's wearing me out. It's it's almost borderlining violent. It is distant. And he's pushing her away. And Jesus says, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. What do you mean? He says this is about what God is not like. Okay, can I just help you out? Because some of us, we pray like God is so distant. But he says in this parable, you learn a lesson about what God is not like. Number one, here's what I want you to know. God is not distant. And how I see God determines how I talk to God. See, what he says in this parable is, you know how the judge is very distant How he doesn't want to have anything to do with her, that he only really gives her what she wants because he wants nothing to do with her. He doesn't care about people. He doesn't care about her plight. He doesn't care about what's going on in her life. He doesn't even know her name. He is completely distant. He says, learn a lesson from the judge. God is not like that. God is not distant. Can I free you up, somebody? Because you've been praying like God is some distant figure up in heaven somewhere. And some of us, come on, let's be honest. Sometimes you pray and you're just hoping that my prayer makes it through the roof. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all ain't got to. Come on now. Just look straight ahead. They ain't going to know what I'm talking about you. Because somebody has taught you that God is distant. Jesus says, God is not like that. Can I just help you? That I love how David says that that he is in very ever present help in a time of trouble. Can I free you up in your prayer life? God is not distant. He's not somewhere that you have to get your prayer to. God is walking with you and he's talking with you and he's beside you and he's present in your life. He is not distant. You don't have to pray like a victim that you have to try to get your prayers through to God. God is with you every single step of the way. Learn a lesson from the judge. Jesus says, God is not like that. God is with you. God does care. God does hear you. God does want to see you do well. He says that Learn a lesson from this guy that you don't like who says, I don't care about God or people. He says, you know what? God is not like that. And I just tell you, God cares about you. Man, that will transform your prayer life because now I'm not just asking God to get me out of stuff. I'm talking to God every single day of my life. That's why Paul can say, never stop praying. To pray, remember Luke says, always and never give up. How do we know to do that? Because God is always with you. Prayer, watch this, should not be your last resort. It should be your first response. Why? Because now that I know God is not distant, can I just tell you, me and God talk, my kids will tell me all the time. I walk through the house talking to Jesus. They're like, oh, there he goes again. He's talking to God. (laughs) Just walking through the house. I'm always saying Jesus Christ. Jesus, help me. Jesus, Lord, help me. And, and, And what I learned is when I stopped acting like God was so distant, I could have a better communication with him. Jesus says, learn from the unjust judge. Here's a guy who says he doesn't care about you. You know what? God is not like that. So here's the first thing you can learn from this parable because you thought it was about praying and not giving up and being like the widow. But he says, no, I want you to learn what God is not like. You don't even have to be that aggressive with God because God is always with you. Pray at home. Pray in your car. Pray everywhere you go. Talk to God like you're talking to your husband or your wife or your child or your friend. God is not distant. He is here with you right now. He says, learn a lesson. God is not distant. Here's the other thing you got to learn from this unjust judge that God is not like. God, watch this, is not disinterested. Okay, Anybody ever felt like sometimes, maybe it's just me, that when I'm praying, I'm bothering God? Come on, let's keep it real. Where you feel like what you're praying for is so, because you know what somebody taught you? People in Africa ain't got no food. And that's true. But that doesn't mean that what you're dealing with, God is not interested in it. See, I'm just unraveling some bad theology this morning. It's okay. Because I was always taught that if somebody had it worse than me, that God was not interested in my little prayer. Oh, that's good preaching right there. Y'all Choir, That's good. (laughs) And so I stopped praying. Can I just tell you this? If it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. And don't allow, yes, there's somebody who has it worse than you. I know that. But that doesn't mean that God is not capable of handling their stuff and your stuff at the same time. I serve a God who was big enough and bad enough to hang a sun in the sky and it stayed in the same place that he hungered, that he created suns and moons, that he created all the galaxies, that he created everything that has ever come into being. Don't you think that God is capable enough of being interested in the people who are suffering and your prayer at the same time? That you don't have to pray to God like he's disinterested in what's going on in your life. The judge says, I don't care about her, her situation. Maybe he has some other stuff going on. Maybe he wasn't capable of caring about everything. But Jesus says, God is not like that. Can I free you up and challenge you? Some of us, we don't pray about stuff that we should be praying about because we think it's too small to pray about. Can I just tell you, years ago, I started to learn to pray about everything. When I'm in the grocery store, I'm praying, and God, helped me to know what I shouldn't be buying. <laughs> Anybody ever done that before? And then God says, you know, put that back, put that back, put that back, put that, no, you ain't got that much money, put that back. Like, literally, that has happened to me. There is nothing too small to take to God most of us, we've been taught that it's only the big stuff, the stuff that maybe God should be interested in, that God is disinterested in that, that somebody else has it worse than you. You shouldn't be praying about that. Well, I'm praying that my kid will do well, but but the person down the street, they're dealing with a way worse situation, so maybe pray for them and you. Jesus says, learn a lesson from the unjust judge who says, I'm distant, I'm cold, I don't care about people, I don't care about what's going on with you, no matter how small it is. He says, guess what? God is not like that. He's not distant. He's not disinterested. There is nothing that concerns you that you shouldn't be able to take to God. Big, small, little, tomorrow, yesterday, your past, whatever it is. Understand this. God is not disinterested. God cares about what you care about. So he says, God is not distant. God is not disinterested. Okay, now I'm going to say something that's really going to make you mad. You ready? He says, learn a lesson from this judge. He's not distant. God's not like that. God, God is close to you. He, this judge was disinterested. God's not like that. God cares about what you care about. But here's what you also learn in this story. Did you catch what, what happened? She went to the judge. The judge says she's wearing me out, and Greek that says she's giving me a black eye. I'm going to do what she wants. Watch this. The judge was compliant because she complained. Uh-oh. So now we got to use the same rules of the parable, right? If if God is not like the judge, here's the part that's gonna make you real mad. God is not always compliant. And that's the part that nobody wants to teach you. Same rules apply, right? God is not like the judge. He's not distant. He's not disinterested. But the judge did give her what she wanted because she complained enough. He says, yeah, but God's not like that either. And some of y'all are mad now because somebody told you God will give you whatever you want if you complain enough. Can I just be honest with you? God is not like that. Just because you complain enough doesn't mean you're going to always get what you want. That hurts, doesn't it? You're like, amen, God, we, we with you, pastor. God's not distant. God is close. Oh, we with you, pastor. God is interested in my life. Then I say, God ain't going to always give you what you want. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's the point of me praying if I don't get what I want? Didn't I tell you parables will mess you up? Up is down, down is up, left is right, right is left. He says, you know what? God is also not like the judge. He's not just going to give you what you want because you complain. There's got to be something there that gives me some some solace. That's why I love that, that we learn that God is committed to us. Don't miss that. What if I told you That some of the reason why God won't give you what you want is because if he does, he knows he'll lose you. Okay, some of y'all dismissed that because the judge gave the widow what she wanted because he wanted to get rid of her. He wanted her out of his presence. He wanted her away from him. And maybe God is not like that because God knows if I give you what you want, I'll lose you. And his commitment It's not to your complaint. His commitment is to you. I would rather you be mad at me. Come on now, parents. You know what I'm talking about. Than for me to lose you. So maybe sometimes God's not going to give you what he wants because he knows. You know what? If I give her that, she'll act like she did it on her own and she'll go off and act like I ain't done nothing. And Come on now. We get spiritual amnesia, don't we? I call it it the men in black anointing. You know what I'm talking about? We just... We just neuralize ourselves and we forget all about where God brought us from. Come on now. You ever had a season in your life where God blessed you with something you're praying for and you did as my grandmother used to say in the the deep south? You start to smell yourself. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. For those who don't know what that means, you get too big for your britches. God said, Jesus says, you know what? God's not like that. This judge, he did give her what she wanted. He gave it what she wanted because he didn't want her in his presence. But God's not like that which means, the same rules apply, God sometimes is not going to give you what what you want because he knows that if he gives you what you want, he'll lose you. And I would rather God say no because he knows than for him to give me something I've been praying for, knowing I can't handle it, and he lose me. He says, learn a lesson from this judge. Sometimes God Is not compliant. Can I tell you something? Whether or not somebody complies with you, because here's where we get messed up, where we think just because God's not doing what I want, God doesn't exist. You know what I'm talking about? If God doesn't comply. God doesn't exist. But if compliance was proof of existence, your children wouldn't exist. I'm going to let that marinate for a second. How about this one? If compliance was proof of existence, then I'm sure God would think you don't exist. Ooh, he says, he says, God's not like that. Yeah, he's not not disinterested. But but I got to tell you, he's not always going to give you what you want just because you complain. Because he doesn't want to lose you. So listen to what what he says. I'm going to wrap this up in Luke verse eight. He says, I tell you. He will grant justice to them quickly. But that's not the question. The question is not whether or not God is capable of holding up his end of the bargain. Can I just teach you this morning? So you've been asking the wrong question. Jesus, uh, the question is not whether or not God is able, the question is not whether or not God cares. The question is not whether or not God is listening to your prayer. Here's the real question. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? The question is not is if God is faithful. The question is, are you faithful? Can I hang on in there even when I don't get what I want? The question is not if God is able. The question is, are you able to demonstrate faith even when I serve a God who doesn't always comply with what I want? That's the real question. So let me ask you a couple questions and we'll get out of here. Is this good? Are you learning anything? Let me ask you this question. Number one, based on what Jesus taught, based on his saying, here's a real question. What if prayer, watch this, is more than a plea of desperation? What if your prayers are actually declarations of dependence? What if me praying simply is saying to God, I depend on you? No matter what, no matter if I get, because remember you asked the question, if I don't always get what I want, why should I pray? Because it is a declaration of dependence. I don't do anything that I don't talk to God about. That's what you're saying. So what if your prayer is not just a plea of desperation to say, God, Give me what I want. But it is saying to God, I depend on you. Here's another question. Number two, what if prayer was not an act of aggression? Remember the widow? She was aggressive. Can I just be honest with you? Let's be let's be real. How many of us are super aggressive when it comes to praying? Be consistent. You don't have to be aggressive. But what if what if what if my prayers? is Would not be seen as an act of aggression, but rather an act of submission. Instead of saying, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I go to God and say, have me, have me, have me, have me, have me. Change your prayer life. Here's another question I want you to think about. What if the goal of your prayers was not just closure, but the goal was for you and God to become closer? Can I be honest with you? Because you said learn from the judge. There's going to be some stuff that you pray about that you ain't going to get. Instead of your prayer life being based solely on getting closure, what if my prayer life was about getting closer? I could pray for the next hundred years and maybe never get the thing that I'm asking God for, but am I getting closer to Him? Am I learning how to hear His voice more clearly? Even, God, if you never give me the stuff that I've been complaining about for the last 20 years, at least I know your voice better. So what if it's not about just getting closure? What if it's about getting closure? See, here's here's a theological statement that's going to blow your mind. If God always gave you what you wanted, then who's God? (laughs) Think about that for a second. If everything you ask God to give you, everything you ask God to do, God did it. Who's really God? Can I just tell you something? Don't quit your day job. You are not qualified to sit on the throne, which means that sometimes I tell people this sometimes I get pleasure and encouragement when God says no, because it just reminds me of who really sits on the throne. Sometimes God says no, just so that you know I'm in control. Here's what I know. Here's another theological statement. God is in control. Watch this, because he is the only one who cannot be controlled. Even your prayers can't manipulate God into doing stuff. God does his will. For me, that's comforting that God is in control because <laughs> I don't know that I want to sit on that throne. I'm not qualified. So so why should I keep praying? Because remember Luke says, uh, here's why Jesus taught this, so that you will always pray and never give up. Because I just want to be close to him. I want to hear his voice. I want to know what He wants me to do, I want to know every single, so when the rubber meets the road, when the pressure is on, don't panic, pray. When the pressure is on, push. You heard that acronym before. Even when it gets hard, even with tears in your eye, keep pushing. Even when you have a problem and it doesn't seem like God is going to work it out, keep pushing. What are you talking about, pastor? Pray until something happens. With tears in your eyes, just keep pushing. You may not get what you want. Keep pushing. It may not work out in this season. Keep pushing. It may take five years. Keep pushing. It may not work out just the way that you want to keep pushing. He may remove that person from your life. Keep pushing. He may bring somebody in your life that you don't like, that you need to learn from. Keep pushing. No matter what, Luke says, here's the point of this parable. God is not like that. And because you know he's not like that, don't stop praying. Because he's not distant. He's not disinterested. And he doesn't always give you what you want, but don't give up. Pray until something happens. You know a lot of times what that something is? He doesn't change your stuff. He changes you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to learn from an unjust judge, a judge who says he didn't care about people, he doesn't care about our situation, and and we're thankful that, Jesus, you're not like that that you're not distant, that you walk with us, that you talk with us, that you're present in our life every single day, that you're not somewhere that we need to lob prayers up to, that you're standing next to us. We thank you, God, that you're not disinterested, that no matter how bad someone else has it, that doesn't mean that you don't care about the prayers that I'm concerned with. We thank you that you're a God who cares about the things that we care about. But then help us to wrestle with the fact that you're not always compliant, you're not gonna always do what we want. But you're still worth praying to. And so, God, help us as we unravel perhaps maybe some bad ideas about you. And help us to reconstruct a proper view of who God is. That you are in control because you cannot be controlled. That that you say no because you know. And help us that even in those moments where things don't work out the way that we hoped and dreamed, that it doesn't become a barrier between us and you, that we keep praying until something happens, even if what needs to happen is a change in us. God, we thank you. We love you, and we give you praise, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.